So God is so good, He's so wonderful, and uh, who wants to hear the word of the Lord this morning? That's all I want to hear. As somebody said it famously, if you open up your Bible, God is speaking. If you close your Bible, God is not speaking. I wonder in some houses if I go, how much you open up your Bible so that God can speak. And then there are those who take the Bible with them wherever they go. Not, this is a big Bible, I mean, I can't sort of put it in my pocket, can I? It stands out. But I can take the Bible wherever I go. When I study the Bible, when I learn it, and I put what's in here, in here. Because once what is in here comes in here, it goes down to here. And that's where you carry the Word of God with you wherever you go. Amen? Is that you this morning? How wonderful this morning as we open up again. We study through this, this letter that John wrote. And it is so wonderful that he uses this word beloved so many times. Have you noticed? I wonder if you've read through this letter. If you haven't read through it, we're studying through it. Do yourself a favor. Go this afternoon and read through this letter in one reading. There is only, only five chapters there. And remember, chapter division came later on. But read through the whole letter from start to finish. You know, what I'm doing is, are we just going to look at verse 7, chapter 2, verse 7 to 11 today? I'm going deeper for you. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it and with the Spirit of God trying to open it up for you. I can't do it, by the way. The Holy Spirit is doing it for you. You know, I can preach here and I can do whatever I do, but if the Holy Spirit hasn't opened up the Word for you, it's only going to be noise. Yeah? It's only going to be noise. So if you sit here this morning and you open up your heart, God's going to speak with you. But if you come in here this morning and go, oh, you know what, it's church again, you know, let's just see what he's going to say. God, you're not going to hear God's voice. You're going to hear my voice. And believe me, brothers and sisters, you will get sick and tired of this accent. You will get sick and tired of it. But if you hear God's voice, I can talk for hours and you will not get sick and tired of it because you are hearing God's voice. All I'm doing is, this is Logos, this is the written word. And I'm doing Rima. Rima means the spoken word. So I speak God's word into life. I'm not bringing it into life. He is using my body. He's using my, my breath. He's using this vocal cords which he blessed me with to bring you and to make you God's word alive. Amen? So here we find the wonderful letter that, that John wrote. And John is so wonderful. I love it when John, because he talks so much about the people. He loves the people he was talking to. He went and he established churches. And now he writes this letter to them later in his life because there was a danger coming into the church. There were Gnostics coming into the church. If you've been here for a few weeks, you know what I'm talking about. These Gnostics who wants to water down the gospel. It's happening in our day. The Gnosticism is so embedded in churches today. Not the church of Christ, but in churches. I, I just turn on the telly and I listen. And I bet five minutes into a sermon, I can tell you there's Gnosticism going on in this church. If they, if they steer away from preaching the word of God in spirit and in truth, there is Gnosticism in that church. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm looking into the camera because there will be maybe some of them somewhere, some of these preachers preaching it. I want to warn you today, if you go away from the Word of God, you're in trouble. You are doing Gnosticism and not the Word of God. Amen? Amen. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you this. This is the Word of God. 
And, and John writes about this to the people that he loved so much. He says to them, beloved. And, and this is the amazing thing. Sometimes if you love people so much, you need to tell them the truth. If you love people so much, you need to tell them the truth. And the truth is sometimes not what you want to hear. Who wants to hear the truth if it's going to hurt you? But you have to tell them the truth. And John was one of those who told the truth. Paul was one of those who told the truth whether you like it or not. Peter was one of those who told the truth whether you like it or not. James, Jude, you go right through the Bible. These men of God were telling the truth. And they didn't matter whether people liked them or not. It's not a popularity contest. And John wasn't one of those. But you know, we've studied it. And it is so wonderful. Just give me a time here to, to reflect a little bit on it. Because I love this letter. I read through it again this week when I prepared for this. And I read through that and I go, this man has got the empathy of, of the brothers and sisters on his heart. He loves them so much that he don't want them to fall into error and to be hurt by what's going on in the world. And, and you know, it's a, it's a do book. Have you noticed? Letters. He says, you say a lot of things, but you don't do them. Listen to the brother on the table this morning. You say, you say all of these things. And churches are known for these things to say a lot of things, isn't it? We love to come in front of people and to impress them. We say a lot of things, but we don't do them. And, and John comes around and he says, no, 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 wait a minute. If you want to have the full the full blessing of God, if you want to have the full effect of the gospel, if you want to have the full effect of the love of God, if you want to have the full effect of the relationship of God, you've got to obey. Everybody say obey. obey. Do you know what obey means? Obey means you do what you say. Last week we saw that you had to walk the talk. Have you walked the talk this week? Have you walked the talk? And it's just continuing on. And, and I love it when we're going to come to the next passage now. It is more of that walking going on. Because he says, you say this, but you do that. You say this, if we say and we do. If we say and we do. And then I, I'm all, always reminded in the Bible when it comes and he says, when Jesus, when we appear before him one day, he's going to say to you, well said, good and faithful servant. No. He's going to say, well, done. done. It's the things you do. Oh, I'm going to love you. I'm going to give you. I'm going to. But you don't do it. It means nothing. And this is what he's coming down to. And today is one of those messages again. Strap yourself to your seat. Amen. So let's continue. Let's open up in the word. 1 John chapter 2 verse 7. He says, brethren, I write no new commandment to you but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. John loves to use that word beginning. I, I, there's, there's a sermon in that, but, but he says you've heard this from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him, Jesus Christ, and in you. This thing that he's talking about, this new commandment, he says it's true in Christ and it's true in you. I wonder if it's true in you. I asked the question just by chance. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says, there we go. He who says, oh I'm quickly to say the following. 
You remember last week we said we need to walk in the light. It's all about walking in the light and not in darkness. Because in Christ is no darkness at all. This is why he say there, which is true in him. The light is true in him. And now he says the light is true in you. I ask you the question, have you got the light of Christ true in you? And are you walking in that light? Don't tell me you are walking in it. Are you walking in it? He says in verse 9, he who says, what John? He is in the light. Look at this now. And hates his brother is in what? He's in, in darkness until now. I want you to understand what he's saying. He starts off by saying, brethren. He's talking to the brethren. He's not talking to the people who's driving past this place, going to Bunnings on a Sunday morning when they need to be in church. He's talking to the brethren here, yes? Brothers. He says, brethren. And now he goes on. He says, you say all of these things. There's these commandments coming on. Now he says, brethren. If ye who says, brethren, he's in the light, brethren, and he hates his brother. Mate, you are just diffusing yourself because you're walking in darkness until, everybody say until, until now. You just but by saying stuff. It's like wind, words in the wind. That's what's happening. And I love it when he writes this because it's very confronting, isn't it? It is so confronting and the word of God is confronting. It needs to be confronting. And again, you say, well, you're offending me right now. Well, I hope so because it means the Holy Spirit is working with you. And he says it there, you're in darkness. You say you're in the light, but you're in darkness because of one thing. What is that one thing? You hate there's hate in your heart as a child of God, as a Christian, as a brother and a sister. You are festering hate in your heart against somebody or something. I don't know what it is. And by the word, the word hate here in Greek is, doesn't mean I hate to kill. It means I just love less. But he continues on, and I love it, in verse 10. He says, he who loves his brother, and I love this. You see, I've put it on two different slides because I thought it's a little bit negative if you leave it like that. I wanted to put it on a different slide. He who loves his brother and abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him, but he who hates his brother is in darkness. He repeats it. And he walk in darkness. And he does not know where he's going. Because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Oh, how many people are walking today with the mantle of Christian, with the mantle of a child of God, with the mantle of a brother and a sister, but they are but just poor blind. They don't know why they, they're groping in the dark. Have you noticed the subtle change here? He says, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother... He's in darkness. This is something people say. Then he goes over to action. He goes, he who loves. There's no saying in that. Have you noticed? This is an action. Loving is an action. It's not a saying. We know when I met my wife, I, my wife, my life, my beautiful wife, so many times I said to her, I love you. <laughs> I love you. And I looked into those beautiful eyes and I said, oh, I love you. And she said to me, I love you. But it's only words. Until it becomes an action. And John is into action. 
He says you can't just say these things. If you say those things and you fester this root of bitterness in your heart, if you, if you fester this darkness inside of you, you are stumbling, you are walking around and you stumble in this thing. And you know what happens with those kind of people? They become more grumpier, more fested with stuff. They become more negative in their life and they keep on that lifestyle and they always point to other people and say it's your fault. Blame game, yeah? It, it's one of those messages again, Susan, isn't it? One of those where the church is becoming quiet. I love those messages, by the way. So I want to talk to you today about he who love abide in the light. The word there, abide, is a very interesting word because it's not just something where you come and you stay for five minutes. It's a place where you come and you stay. You put your, your feet down, you put your anchor down, you spend some time there. He says love is not just something which you do quickly. Hey mate, I'll come over to your place and just help you to pick up that thing and that's it. No, no, love continues on. And, and here's the thing about love, you'll see it today. I mean, who, who think they are loving today? Can I just see their hands? Come on. Who think they are loving? You're going to be tested today, okay? Because love hurts. Who knows that? Isn't there a song that goes on like that? Love hurts. I don't know. I don't know. It's a long time. But hold on. And I want to cast your eyes a little bit back, okay? I know I've done an intro, but this is important for this message. In, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, the same Paul, uh, John writes to us. He says, now by this we know. Everybody say no. That we know. Everybody say no. By this we know that we know Him. Who's the Him? Jesus. He says, I'm going to give you something here to test how you can know that you know Him. Because a lot of people say, I know Him, but they don't know Him, but they know of Him. There's a lot of people sitting in churches who knows of Him. They don't know Him personally. There's a difference knowing of somebody and to know somebody personally. And, and this is the problem in so many churches again. You get the people who are like Abram called by God to come out of your people, come out of your country, and the blessing is on Abram. But then you also got another group of people which is called the Lot people, L-O-T, who attaches to the one. And they just carry on. Where, where the blessing walks, they just attach them to them. I want to suggest to you that there's in churches today two groups of people, the Abram people and the Lot people. And it's always the lot people who brings trouble. Have you noticed? It's a different sermon. Let me not go there. So he says, by this we know that we know him. Do you know him today, my friend? If we do what? If we keep his commandments. He who say, here we go again with John. I love this man. He who say, I know him and does not keep his commandment. What is that man? He's a liar. He's a liar, and the truth is not in him. So the question then what I asked two weeks ago, how do you know that you know him? Well, it's easy according to this. You need to keep his commandments. My brother said it again on the table. He went back to the Old Testament, by the way. So the first test that we saw last week was what? We need to walk the talk. That's how we know that we know him. Now again, I'm asking you the second time today, have you walked the talk this week? Because people will look at you and see whether you walk the talk. And by people looking at you and seeing how you walk the walk and talk, now I'm getting confused. 
they will know that you know him. And this is by walking in the light. That was the first test. And now he's coming to a second test. And the second test this morning is the test of love. That's the test. He says there in verse 9, He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves. Can you see how he puts these two against each other? The one is saying something, but he's got hate in his love. And now he says, there's another one here I want you to see. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. You see, love is one of the biggest messages and tests in the Bible. Your whole Bible is a love letter from God. Have you know, do you know that? Do you know that? It says it there in, in, in John chapter 13 verse 16. He says, for God so what? Love the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave something up. That was a decision that God made. He made a decision for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. I wonder if I turn to you and look at the most valuable thing in your life. The most, if you sit here this morning and you say to me, preacher, without that one thing I can't continue in life. I wonder if you will give that up and give it away for God. Will you? Oh, it's my children. Without my children, I can't do anything in life. Well, maybe you've put your children above God, and that's the wrong place for them. Maybe it's your husband. You say, oh, man, I, I, the, the, wherever he walks, man, I kiss the place where he walks. I, I value. Maybe you've placed your husband or your wife above God. And here is the wonderful thing about that scripture, that God looked down upon this earth into the chasms of time, into 2023, and he saw you. And for you, he gave his only begotten son. He gave something for you. Are you with me this morning? And, and there you, you, you break yourself down so much. You say, oh, I'm worthless, I'm up to nothing, look at me, my nose is, I need to have a nose job, I need to have this job, you have to have, no, no, no. God looked at you as you were and he says, I'm giving my son to you. He gave his son, his only begotten son that whoever believes, who believes in him, who believes in him, can you show me? Come on, show me. Who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This whole Bible is a love letter. God wrote this Bible to save your soul. This is how much you meant to God. This whole book from every single prophet, every single king, every single man who wrote into this book which God inspired was one purpose and one purpose only your soul come on let's give the Lord a hand in this place hallelujah I don't want to play around with church I want to know the love of God and this is what it is love is this letter John John put a lot of emphasis on love you go and read the gospel according to John you read through that gospel and you circle every single time he uses the word love. Go and do that. And then you go to the letter and you go and circle every single time he uses the word love. How many times are you going to find them? I've given you the answer. 80 times. 80 times he uses the word love. Did I put it on this slide? No, I'll, I'll just go ahead. 
Why would he say this? Because five times in the Bible you can read that they talk about John as the one whom Jesus loved. When they were sitting the night when Jesus was betrayed, he was leaning against Jesus. He was so close to Jesus. So close to him. Have you read that in your Bible? Or did you just glance over it? This is a man who writes about love 80 times. I'll come to the slide where it is. 80 times he knows what love is and here is jesus sitting in the last night the betrayer is there he sits there he knows he's gonna go away and leaning against him leaning so close against him is john the one the disciple whom jesus loved he didn't mean he didn't love the other disciples but this there is something for us here can you see what is there for us he is so close i wonder how close you are to jesus this morning i wonder how close you are to him this morning that nothing can separate you from him but you see these days i see the lot people and i see the people who hasn't got walking in the light and any little thing in the world can separate them from christ oh i'm going to lose my faith well, did you have faith when you started? That's my question. Am I, am I offending you? I hope so. He's so close to him. Five times they, they know when people saw this man. I'm going to tell you a wonderful thing about the end of his life. But when John was so close, he knew what love is. Do you know what love is this morning? It's not what Hollywood gives you. He writes, there it is. He writes 80 times in the gospel and in the letters about love. And we're going to hear more about it, so much more. Let me give you just a few, just a few quickly. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Man, if you don't get excited by just reading those words, I don't know, but I do. Behold! Am I too loud? I hope so. Behold what manner of love, hallelujah, the Father bestowed upon us. It is not my love that He threw on me. It was His love. He said it right there in the previous verse. For God so loved, what? The world that He sent His, what? Only begotten Son for you. And Behold what manner of love. You see how that's so, it's poetry to me. 1 John chapter 3 verse 11. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning that we should. How is your love going? 1 John chapter 3 verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life. How do we know this John? Because, I love it. Can, do you read your Bible like that? This is again, we're going to get to that. Praise the Lord in a few weeks. 1 John 3. We know that we've passed from death to life. My question to you this morning, have you already passed from death to life? Have you? Oh, I, I, I'm not sure, preacher. Well, the Bible, this same man says in this letter, you can know. And, 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 and if you want guidance to that, come and see me afterwards. I will pray for you. Oh, man, I don't care what's going They can pack up this place. We'll go in the room. They'll take my wife. If you're a lady, if you're a brother, we'll go in there next door. And we'll keep on. If we stay here the whole day until tomorrow, I'll pray with you. Until you pass from death to life. It's not what I can do. It's what he does. He says this. Because. Everybody say because. because. We love the brethren. Hallelujah. Do you love the brethren? It continues on. He who does not love his brother, what happens? 
Everybody say abides. Where did we hear that word today? Where did we hear that? He who loves his brother abides in, in the light. Here is, here's the opposite. He says, he who does not love his brother abides in what? In death. 1 John chapter 3 verse 16. He says, by this we know love. How do we know love, John? And interestingly enough, John chapter 3 verse 16 says what? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him shall not perish but have eternal life. Is that right? Look at this. Just, just by accident. 1 John chapter 3. There's John chapter 3 verse 16. This, the verse says the same thing. By this we know love. How? Because he laid down his life for us. Are you getting excited today about that? Is the word coming alive for you? He laid down his, listen to me. John chapter 3, 16, I repeat it again. God gave his son. The son came not to have a holiday here on earth. Not to become here where people follow him. Why did he come to this earth? He come to die for you. And here's the, look, look at me. This is where the proof is. This we know, love. The Father sent His Son in John chapter 3.16. And 1 John chapter 3.16, He says, Because He laid down His life now for us. I need to hurry on. 1 John chapter 3 verse 23. And this is His commandment. What is the commandment, John? What are you talking about? Is it the Ten Commandments? Is it Leviticus? Is it, no, no. He says that we should believe. Listen to this now. Believe on the name of the Son of Jesus Christ. Wait, wait a minute. He says, this is the commandment. He didn't go back to the prophets. He didn't give a whole. He goes, there's one thing that I understood when I walked with Jesus Christ. And now I'm writing this Bible by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is His commandment that we should believe. Everybody say believe. In the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and, and what John? And love one another. That's the asset test. We believe and we laugh. We believe and we laugh. We believe and we laugh. Come on, church, you need to go with me. We believe and we laugh. One more time. We believe and we laugh. I lied. Another one. We believe and we laugh. Oh, man, I love this. This is the word of God. He says it right there. I get excited, man. He says, we believe in the name of Jesus. Now we love one another as he gave us what? Commandment. What is the commandment then? Well, before we come to the commandment, I love this quote. I don't know whose it is, but I loved it and I grabbed it. It's not mine. He says, my most important identity is not my name, but my being loved. By Jesus, the Son of God. Is that you? Is that you? Or are you still chasing your identity? My identity is to be loved by the Son of God. You see, brothers and sisters, uh, Hollywood teaches us that love is an emotion. Have you heard that? It's my emotions is just going on, you know. Love is not an emotion. That's what I want to tell you today. It's not an emotion. You, you hear people and they, and, and they say, I asked them, how did you come together? I mean, you're married now. Oh, we fell into love. Have you heard that? We were falling into love. And then, 
you find them later in life when they were children and there were difficulties in life and everything and we counsel them and you say what happened and they say oh but we just fell out of love okay we're falling in and we're falling out that's not love that's not how love works because i'm here to tell you today that love is not an emotion you don't just fall in love no no love is a decision everybody say decision you decide whether you love somebody or not. Don't sit with me and say, you know, now I'm seeing all of, of her habits and everything. And, you know, I fell out of love because, no, no, you decide that what you see you don't like. And now you decide because what you see you don't like, I'm not going to love them anymore. Love is not an emotion. It's a decision. You see, if Jesus Christ would have sat there and he would have looked at your life and he says, man, John, you're such a you're such a great bloke man i like you man look you're cleanly shaven today you all of these things man you've got a nice jacket on but now he spends some time with me jesus christ and he sees all of my faults and mistakes and then he turns up to me three months from now and he goes you know i i really liked you and loved you in the beginning but now i've fallen out of love with you do you want jesus to be like that so why are you to other people like that Am I offending you? I hope so. And this goes through every relationship you've got. When I met my life, I, my, my life, my wife, when I met my wife, I made a decision that day. I said to her, I love you and I will love you for the rest of my life. In fact, I gave her this example. Don't tell her about this, but I gave her this. I said, I'm like a dove. I only pick a mate once. You see, this is it. It is a decision that you do. You make a decision. You see, not only is love a decision, but it's in fact a commandment. Everybody say commandment. A commandment. And if you thought I was, you know, uh, upsetting you, this, and if you are cross with me, you're going to get more cross. Hold on to your seat. Because this is what the Word of God says. He says in 1 John chapter 3, 23, I've read it before. And this is His, everybody say that word commandment whose commandment is this Jesus. Jesus's commandment that we should believe on his name he, in fact he commands you to come to repentance and then he says and love another his commandment is that we should love one another as he gave us a commandment so don't come to me and say it's an emotion that you just fall into the commandments of god you decide whether you want to follow his commandments or not in our passage today 1 john chapter 2 verse 7 brethren i wrote no new commandment now i'm going to unpack this and make it easy for you because it's a little bit confusing when he goes with old, new, old, new. Was it confusing for you as well? Well, it was confusing for me. So Tupo, I had to sit down and go, mate, I need to figure this out. And if you don't understand it, I'll figure it out for you, okay? He says here, I'm not writing a new commandment. He says, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment. Okay, John, I get that. Because the commandment is here, which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word 
which you've heard from the beginning. So I went, what do you mean by the beginning? What, what's going on here, John? The beginning which you've heard from, is that from the beginning of time? Is it from the beginning of where does it come from? Now we look at verse 8. He says again, a new commandment. A new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. John, you are confusing me, man. Uh, honestly, you write about no new commandments, you write about an old commandment, and now you write about a new commandment. David, I don't know about you, and I talk to John, I go, John, come on. We are, I'm John, you John, tell me. No, that's not how it worked. You see, when he talks about this, I went to the Greek, and as you may, I love the Greek. Because in the Greek, when we look at this word new year, it comes from the word kainos, and it's got two meanings. And when I studied the two meanings, it went, ah, oh, it makes sense. It makes so beautiful sense what you're saying now, John. Because he wrote the Bible in Greek, and we've got a translation in English. So hello, this is why it's going to make sense. The two meanings for kainos is new in time. That means recent. It means when I've got a car and I trade it in for the latest model. Okay, so that's the first meaning. It's new in time. The second meaning for exactly the same word is new in emphasis. In other words, it was always there, but now there's a refreshing of it. It's, a, it's as if, you know, there's a new character that came out which you haven't seen, but I'm going to take the spotlight now and I'm going to show you the new character. And you're going to go, but I haven't seen it before. Yes, but now you do. This is what that word means there. And this is why he plays between the old and the new, but he gives us a new commandment. And you say, oh, I still don't get it. Well, thank you for asking. Look this now. Now we're going to go back to the beginning. When he says, this is what you've heard from the beginning. Well, Jesus was walking with them. And in John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus speaks to his, and remember he was talking to the Jews, okay, with the Jews around him. He says, a new commandment I give to you. I, you need to understand when you're a Jew at that point in time. You had all of the old commandments in the Old Testament, which the prophets and everybody and, and Moses, and you've got the Ten Commandments and all the law, every single, all ten of them. And it's not only ten, you've got the book of Leviticus, you had all this law, all these commandments there. The precepts, everything is there, and they keep them. Now Jesus, a Jew, comes to them, and he says to them, a new commandment I give you. Okay, where's my book? What is the new one, Lord? We've got all of these old ones. Let's write down the new one. What is this new commandment? And what does he say? He says that you love one another. He said, you need to love one another. And excuse me for being a Jew when, when Jesus was there. And I go, wait a minute, that's nothing new. Because it's in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, he says you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with, all, with your body, your, your soul, and with your mind. That's what he said. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus. He said it before. But now Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Listen now. This is where the freshness comes in now, okay? Remember that word, kainos. He says, as I have loved you. So what has he done? He takes an old commandment. And it makes it new with what? With shining the spotlight of freshness on it. And he says, 
as I have loved you, because they haven't seen Jesus' love like this before. All they had was the scriptures. Are you with me this morning? Is this opening something for you? Because it certainly did for me. He says, I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, I find it really interesting. Jesus could have gone back and he said the new commandments I give you. He could have, he could have quoted all of the Ten Commandments. He could have quoted all of the book of Leviticus. He could have, he had it. He could have said, as it was written in the book of Leviticus, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thou. He could have done all of those things. But he says to them, there's something new here. Brothers and sisters, you and I this morning walk in something new. We walk in something, we walk in the light. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the light. We have the light. His name is Jesus Christ. But let's go a little bit further back, as you know. I love to go further back. Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. These Jews now come around to him again. Because he's got this new commandment now, isn't it? Now these Jews surrounding Jesus and they come to him in Matthew 22, 36. They say to him, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Man, that is a good question, isn't it? And, and we know they wanted to catch him. We know all of that. But I don't care what they wanted to do because I care what he said. You say, out of this... I mean, we go into the Old Testament. All of this part of my Bible is the law. The Old Testament is the law. It is the Ten Commandments. It's every single precept. It's Leviticus, everything. They come to him and they say, tell us now out of all of that, what is the greatest commandment? And this is what Jesus now said. Remember, he said, love one another as I have loved you. The freshness of the commandment. He says in verse 37, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Are you still doing that this morning? Are you? With all of your, your whole body, are you loving the Lord? With all of your soul, are you loving the Lord? And with all of your mind? And now he says the following. He says, this is the first and great commandment. What is the great commandment? He didn't give them a whole list to tick off. And by the way, let me fast forward to the book of Acts. Okay, in the book of Acts, when, when they came before the great council, and they say, what shall we say to these people coming in in the faith now? Should they uphold the law or all of these things? They said, no, no, this is the great commandment. Listen to this now. He says there in verse 39, and the second is like it. Wait a minute. They ask him the great. What is that, singular or Plural. Singular. What is the great? Give me one commandment that I can hold. And that's it. Not all of these tick boxes. No, give me the great one. If I hold this great one. And then he continues on. He says, but there's a second one which is attached to that. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And now listen to this. This clings it to me. On these two. Everybody say on these two. On these two commandments. Listen now. Hang all, everybody say all. all, the law and prophets, praise the Lord, hallelujah. You see what Jesus is saying to these people, Jesus fulfilled the whole law. 
He, he, he didn't come to abolish the law. But in Jesus Christ, you find the whole law. From cover to cover, you find it in Jesus. The whole law. You see, every single thing in the Old Testament is a shadow of the substance. When Jesus Christ came and He appeared as the light in a darkened world, and He walked in the light, and He came and they said to Him, What is the Lord, the greatest one? He came and He said, There's only two now. You shall love the Lord your God, and you shall love your neighbor and yourself. And on all of this hangs the whole, the whole Old Testament and the law. And you sit here and you sit just like that. You should say, praise the Lord. Otherwise, you and I had to do what the Jews do today, religiously. How wonderful is, is that freedom of what, Alison? Hey? Isn't that freedom, Nina? Isn't that freedom? Because now in Him, He fulfilled not just parts of the law. I've had somebody come to me and say, no, no, it's just sacrificial. No, no. He fulfilled the whole law because He had here the opportunity in Matthew to speak to those people and to put them to the sword with every single thing. But He says, no, 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 no. This, this is new. This is the freshness which you need to understand. Love your brother as I have loved you. It, I, I want to make it clear, brothers and sisters, the whole law is completed in Jesus. Jesus Christ. If you want to follow the law, be my guest. But if you've got Jesus Christ, you fulfilling the law in Jesus Christ, because in your own strength, you will never be able to do it. And you say, prove it to me. There's only one man who could do it. And that's the man I'm holding into you, who's fulfilled the whole law. Wow. 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 Are you also saying, wow, is it just me? <laughs> wow. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do to, to feel good. This is, the gospel is not a feeling thing. Feeling things is attached to emotions. Yeah? I'm, I'm standing up this morning and I don't feel like it. And then it's going to influence your emotions. And guess where you're going to stay? Right in bed. But you've got to make a decision to not to go with your feelings, but to stand up and go. That's life for you, young people, old people. Get up and go. I'm feeling it's like a council session, just those last few words. Hey, Kylie. Now let's quickly go on because I need to hurry on. I love it. Look at this here. This is wonderful when in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes about love, 13 verse 13. He says, now, everybody say that word. I, I reckon him and John must have come together at one stage and compared notes, don't you think? Do you think so? <laughs> Why would John use the word abide and here comes Paul and he uses the word abide? I know the answer, by the way. They didn't come and, and said, hey, what are you going to write? Um, Lara, what are you going to write there in that one? I, I wanna, can I use that word? That's not what they did. Who wrote the Bible? Yes, Hallelujah. So God inspired the same words in, in two different men. And this is so wonderful. This is why faith holds fast. He says, and now abide. Faith, hope, and love. Wonderful, because Paul is the man of faith. He writes so much about faith in all of his letters. I've studied them so much in my life. You come back to faith. Paul is the one. He's the one, he says, by faith. By, you shall stand, uh, it's by faith alone. And who is the man who writes about hope the most in the Bible? Peter. You go and study the letters of Peter, you'll find him. And who's the man who writes about love the most? 
There you've got the three. Wonderful. He says these three, but. Everybody say but. The greatest of these is what? Love. The greatest of these is love. Brothers and sisters, give me another 10 minutes. Is it okay? I'm still in time. I'm, I'm not over time, by the way. You see, love, my brothers and sisters, is a commandment. Is that clear to you now? It's a commandment. In John 15 verse 12, he says, this is my commandment. Who's the my there? Who's the my? That's Jesus. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I loved you. Greater love as no one than thee who laid down his life for his friend. You see, love is a decision. Once you know it's a commandment, you need to do it. He says, this is great to say you have this love, but then you need to do something. As no one than this one who laid down his life. That is something which you need to decide to do, isn't it? It's an action. This is no longer talky, 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 talk anymore. It's doy, doy, do now. You need to do this now. This is, you know, this is who's speaking here. Can, can somebody tell me? Jesus is talking, speaking here. He says, you need to lay down your life. To lay down your life is a decision. You're not going to come to me and say, hey, lay down your life for me. And I go, oh, let me just see if the emotion comes over me to do that. You're either going to say yes or no. That's a decision. And love is a decision. You see, a definition for love is to do things at your expense to benefit others. Who lay down his life for somebody else. That's the definition for love. Now he says here. He says, and this is the last verse. He says, he who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling. Have you ever thought about love guiding you so that you don't stumble? Have you ever put those two together? Have you, ever, have you ever thought the reason why you are stumbling so much in your life is because there's not love in your life? I'm just changing the word order to make it sensible for you. And this is what John says. If you love your brother, he abides in the light. There is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, and I'm begging of you. I, I want you to look me into my navy blue eyes. Because I want to tell you this seriously this morning. If you are sitting here this morning and somebody has hurt you and you haven't forgiven them, you are only hurting yourself and not them. Because festering that will become a root of bitterness. And out of bitterness comes hate. And out of hate comes groping around in darkness. You say to me, my life can't just get on track. Go, don't look at other people. Let them keep on talking you down. Let them be, it doesn't matter what they do or say. But what you do matters because it's your decision. It's not theirs. So what you do is you strap up your boots and you say, I'm going to make a decision today. Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. This is not going to affect me anymore. I forgive them with the love of Christ. Oh, but you don't know what they've done. Oh, I just said to you, it doesn't matter what they did. But you make the decision. Because he says you walk in darkness. And I don't want you to walk out of this place in darkness anymore. 
You walk in darkness. And, and look at this. If you walk in darkness, you does not know where you're going. You don't know what is going to... You are so resentful and hateful and, and all of that. You don't lie. You, all of these things. And you don't even know where you're going to land next week because of that. Did you know that it can make you sick in your body as well? Did you may, know that it can make you sick in your mind as well? You say to me, I've got a mental sickness here. Yeah, I, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say I'm one. But this is what I'm saying. Give the stuff to Jesus Christ and he's the mighty healer. And here it is. He says, you don't even know where you're going because of the darkness. That's why. Has blinded his eyes. You see, love and empathy towards others leads to a brighter and more fulfilling life. You say here to me, your life is not fulfilled. Maybe this is where you start. Hatred and animosity towards others creates a state of darkness and confusion and hindering personal growth and causing a loss of direction in life. You see, there's nothing so devastating than brothers not loving each other. There's nothing devastating as that. Because through hate comes destruction. And many, many Christians live as the walking wounded. There's many people, I see them, I hear them, they're walking as, as wounded, crippled, crippled by scars from the past. And every time you feel over that scar, all of those memories flood back. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what they did. And it feels as if it's happened yesterday. And people inflict it on you. I, I'm not going to look. You've got a terrible story to tell. But if you feel over that scar this morning, I want you to turn to Christ and say, Lord, look at the scar this morning. I forgive them for what they've done. I just feel I've talked to some people. Maybe it's somebody online. I don't know. I'm not claiming to any of this other stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. The, you know, you want, to, you, want to, you want to go on with your life, and you, you give this to the Lord. And this is what I want to say. Test the Lord in this. Whoever hear me now, test the Lord in this. Forgive truly and come and testify in this church or send me an email if you're online and see what the Lord has done for you in three months. Listen to me. I'm not preaching yes, you know, it's not my second week in ministry. I've seen it with my own eyes. I don't know why we went to this way, but this is what love is. Let, let me tell you about John. This man of love... There was a man by the name of Jerome. He was in the second generation of Christian leaders that came out of the Apostle John's ministry. The second generation. He was one of the leaders. And he wrote in his memoirs the following about John. By now, John is a very frail man. He can't sit upright. He's, he's the, only, the only apostle who wasn't killed, who wasn't martyred. The one whom Jesus loved. Don't you think it's wonderful? He was so close to Jesus. But you know what life gets hold of our bodies? Ask me, I know. <laughs> and I'm still young. Don't you come and say me anything else. But, you know, we get old and the body becomes frail. And here is John at the end of his life. He can't preach anymore. He can't stand behind a pulpit. 
And all they can do is they can bring him in on a stretcher and they carry him in. And he would lie there while they conduct and do their services, Jerome and the people. And they would come to him because he's their beloved apostle. And they would say, John, they didn't have mics. I don't know how they did it. And they would come down and they'd say, have you got something? Have you got something to say to the church? And you know what he did? He would just come upright. He would come upright and he would say, little children love one another with all of the effort, they would come up and they would say this. I don't know, there's no mics, they might have shouted out. John said, little children love one another, and they would lie down, and they would go back, and they would carry him out. Jerome said this continued on. They would bring him in, and, and they said there was service, and they say, what has John said? And he would come up, all of the effort, and he'd go, little children love one another, and they would lie down, and they would carry him out. In his memoirs, he wrote this. So the people got a little bit upset by this. They said, it's the same thing, he says. Maybe we shouldn't listen to the old man anymore. So they came and they brought him in. They said, John, but you say it every single time. And you know, they brought him up one more time. And he says, I say, love one another because it is the Lord's command. And if this is all you do, it is enough. This man was sitting and mending nets when his master called him. He walked with him in the light. He walked in love. They put him in a pot of boiling oil to kill him. It wouldn't kill him. They sent him to the Isle of Patmos. He lost his sight. He's now a frail man. And all the message he's got for the church, love one another for this is the command of God. And if you do that, that is enough. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your word. And Father, I pray for people. I, I believe your spirit spoke to your hearts here this morning, even to my heart, Lord. I believe, Lord, when, you, when your spirit is here and you lay it upon it, it's not for nothing. Father, if there's any one person, and I, I've got no doubt, but if there is any person here this morning who, who's got a little bit of a root of bitterness, of unforgiveness, or something, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will give them the strength right now Father, to, to break through that chain of captivity. And Father, give them the victory in Jesus Christ. And Father, how is that going to happen through the love of Christ? And Father, I pray now that you bless everybody. Thank you for speaking to me, Lord. Thank you for your spirit who's present in this place. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. Father, I can't claim anything, and we give you all the glory this morning. And if you believe in that, say amen.